man, I haven't eaten for 24 hours. Dude, that's that's I don't I don't understand how people can do that because I just go crazy. You want to know my secret? You're always hungry. <laughs> I just watched that yesterday with my kids. Hey, parent fail. I just watched the Avengers with my kids. All four of them. <laughs> my seven-year-old now has nightmares of the Hulk. My five-year-old now has nightmares of uh, Loki. Oh, good. good. Yeah, that, that wicked smile. Oh, yeah. And Noah, <laughs> the three-year-old, uh, I don't know. I, I think he's good. I think he's a little fixated on the part where Loki sought out that guy's eyeball. <laughs> at the German fancy place yeah. in Stuttgart, yeah, he's a little bit, ex- he's a little too excited about that, little, little, little too happy to see that happen. Daddy, rewind that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, no, Daddy, <laughs> this is not the part where you want to stare at the screen, longing for a, <laughs> I'm not sure what. Yeah. Why are you licking your lips, boy? But <laughs> 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 well, the funniest part was Katiri was like. As soon as Black Widow came on the screen, yeah, both my girls were like Black Widow, Black Widow, and in my and they're so excited about her. And in my heart, That's I'm like, awesome. I know. And in my heart, I was like, she will never have a standalone movie. Um, but as it unfolded, uh, the fight scene where she's in the slinky black dress and then she beats mm-hmm. up all the Russian gunrunners or whatever. Oh yeah, they made me rewind that so that they could watch the whole fight scene again. It's awesome. And I was like, no. Scarlett Johansson? Okay, let's do this. <laughs> so I rewind. My wife hates Scarlett Johansson. Uh, so Why? We, because she's like super pro-choice to like an uncomfortable uh, uh, degree, right? Um, oh, yeah. Because everyone in Hollywood's pro-choice. But uh-huh. there's some, you know, it's like Pearl Jam. Like Pearl Jam goes that extra mile to kill some babies, right? So, so, just, just so you know, we think all kids under the age of one and a half should be dead. Oh, all right, any better. You do think that. <laughs> Jeremy spoke then. And you're Jeremy. Your Jeremy, Jeremy Oh, man. So, anywho, uh, we're watching that scene, and there's a part that I never really noticed because, you know, when you're an adult, you're just so used to the violence, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a part where the one Russian guy tips her over the edge of the, you know, the thing where they're going to pretend to throw her down. Mm-hmm. And the other, and he has her face so it's wedged open, her jaw is open. And the other guy is grabbing pliers. And my daughter goes, why did why were they doing that? And without thinking, I answered her question. <laughs> well, they're gonna tear out her tongue, kid. No, I was like, I was like, no, they're probably gonna rip out her teeth in order to go. Oh my gosh, why? Did, why is she gonna rip out her teeth? And I'm like, why did I say that? Oh, they're gonna use that to feed her M and M's or something. I should have said something that was a lie, but instead I told my kid the truth. So then she said to me, Daddy, why would people pull out other people's teeth? And so I said, All right, Gormley. <laughs> We're going all in. I'm jumping into this. So I said, Cain honey. and Abel. Right? I said, honey, you know how some people are bullies? He goes, yeah. I said, what did your audio book talk about, about people being bullies? That they're really just cowards who pick on weak people rather than people who can fight them? And I was like, right. Well done using the word coward. So a bully, I said, there are two types of bullies. Some people who pick on other people because they're actually pretty weak and they pick on weaker people. But there are other types of bullies who just like to hurt people. And in 9-11, there started the war on terror. <laughs> <laughs> I literally said that. And then I was like, you know what? You know what? Some people are scared. Some people are weird. Some people hurt people to get information. Some people hurt people just because they want to hurt people. And she says, well, what do we do about those people? And I said, we pray to Jesus. And then I talked to her about how to give her life to Christ. <laughs> and she's been saved. Nope. 
she definitively turned him down. She's like, no Jesus prayer for me, daddy. I don't believe in superstitious prayers. Whoa, okay. <laughs> I raised you right, girl. <laughs> Why are you on church militant now? <laughs> hey, so apparently um, Michael Boris was like not allowed to attend this, and he uh, tried to check in, but all but the team because they had like a whole. Um, I didn't really stop. I didn't stop before I got there. I never stopped to think about this, but. This is like a security nightmare because if you ever wanted to attack the Catholic Church, that was the place to do it. Like actually attack them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The whole hierarchy wiped out. Oh, my goodness. All of the lay leaders. Who's left? <laughs> Gomer, who couldn't figure out a way to get to Orlando. <laughs> he will be our Pope of America in this scenario. The Pope is in America. Yeah, yeah, as as it should be. Go go USA. Um, <laughs> Happy Fourth so of July, everyone. <laughs> I decided that if I that if I saw him there, I was gonna try to uh, tossle his hair and call it the Catching Foxes. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh! Nothing would have made me more happy. <laughs> oh, what do you think you're doing, sir? Uh, it's, I'm Luke. I'm from Catching Foxes, and we call it the Catching Foxes. Hello. Hashtag catching foxes hello. <laughs> Give his hair a good little like toss, like there you go. For luck. What do you think you're doing, sir? No, the real question is, what do you think you're doing with that haircut? <laughs> what do really you think, think about you're that. doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing with everything? Can we just talk about this? All right, let's get the show on the road, Luke. You ready? Ladies and gentlemen, you are live with Catching Foxes. And by live, I mean pre-recorded shit. (laughs) Uh, Man, it's been so long. I know. I know. Too long. Luke, you went to Orlando. Yeah, it was very weird to be there. No, okay. You mean all of Florida is. Go on. (laughs) Did you hear that, Arlene? Uh, No, it was... um, I did have a moment where I was like, how did I end up here? Like, (laughs) why am I a a Catholic leader? Why am I here? (laughs) I represent literally thousands of people. I know. I know. It was weird. Out of the 500,000 Catholics in our archdiocese, I'm one of the few who are here, although we had the largest group there. We had had like 50 people from our archdiocese. I wonder how many people we had. Like, is that a thing we can find out? Uh, So each bishop could bring up to 25 people. And then certain groups were allowed to come as well. Mm-hmm. And so, but they would still say you're from the archdiocese. So that's why our archdiocese, we had like up to 50 people there. It, it was great. It was, um, our, well, before we dive into this, do you want to start? Yeah, I thought we already started. Isn't, well, no. isn't this a show? We are. Well, we're <laughs> do, <laughs> don't we just go? That's what we do. Uh, I'm going to start the 10 minute t- t- topic then. Give me a second. Sorry, everyone. Uh, so sorry. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, while Luke is apologizing, I want to thank Faith Mosier. Faith Mosier is the 1,000th person to like our Catching Foxes page. Faith! Faith, you're awesome. Hey, Faith. Me and you should be friends. Faith, or, let's, let's hang out. <laughs> let's party. Uh, you should fly us to wherever you are and put us up for a few days, and we'll do a live show in your house slash dorm room slash Catholic Student Union. Because you gotta have faith. Ooh, gotta have faith. I wonder if people. I wonder how many times she's heard that joke. 
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank our good sponsors, Lumabox.co. You go to Lumabox.co slash Catching Foxes, and they will know that you came from listening to this. Just go and check out their wonderful stuff. As Luke has mentioned so many times, he's a millennial and loves subscription boxes. That's how I'm wearing my eyeglasses right now. Not a subscription box, but I got eyeglasses in a box. Everything is awesome. With Lumabox, they take great, awesome Catholic art. Uh, various Catholic artists, not crappy stuff. They want people who are not well-known to get their their cool designs and graphics and music and other uh, art forms. They want to get it out there, and the way they do it is through Lumabox. Lumabox.co, you can get one-month, three-month, or year subscriptions. Great stuff to give as a gift. Lumabox.co, when you're checking out, type in Catching Foxes, all lowercase, all one word, and they'll be sure to hook you up So with a 10% discount. So thank you yet again to our sponsors, Lumabox. That's lumibox.co slash catching foxes. So hashtag Catholic convo. I went to the Catholic convocation in Orlando. Um, so I want to say, I want to um, say something really quick. I want to give a profound thank you to father Goble and to father Michael from the Catholic stuff. You, uh, you, um, I should know podcast. Cause the night before I, uh, right before I headed out, I, uh, downloaded their episode on community and I listened to the last half where they talked about how, you know, it's really important to not point out the bad, to really try to find the good. Cause anyone can point out the bad stuff, but it's really a gift from God to be able to find the good. And I forgot to record my end. So I'll just start doing that now. I could have gone down and it was very hard. It was very hard to go down there and not just be angry. It's such at a lot of the BS and there was a lot of it, but I think overall that podcast really challenged me. I mean, both on the things that I talk about on our podcast and for my attitude down, down there. And it helped me really see, um, to, to try to find the, the positive. So here's some really good stuff. From that. And feel free to just like pipe in and ask stuff at any point. Oh, I just want to say this. I thought you were so negative. <laughs> <laughs> and and why would you think that? Because all your social media stuff. I'm like, what do you call it? The uh, bureaucratic hell. <laughs> said, oh, welcome to bureaucratic hell. And let's really quick, let's just uh, take a look at the text messages that I uh, uh, sent you really quick. Um, I think the first one I sent to you was a, well, a I, it was a picture of your books. Oh no, that was on Twitter. A picture of your workbook writing <laughs> BS or bullshit literally <laughs> in I, the margins. And I underlined all their stuff on like, this is going to be all about strategies. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> and so the first text message I sent to you was, holy, sh- holy shit. This has been a bit rough. Sands meeting people that is on that was on saturday 5 5 21 uh p.m on sunday 11 11 36 a.m this is awful <laughs> so um yeah uh why was it awful in the beginning it was really tough because it was it was just very bureaucratic uh they were you could tell it just it really reminded me of like your like diocesan policies and just being read aloud to you. So for example, <laughs> during the first like meeting where they kind of explain how it's all going to work, they were like reading off of this script and it was just terrible. And we've learned in a lot of, uh, in a lot of the ministry that we do to really keep the amount of people that have access to the mic to the smallest amount possible. Uh, they did not do that. 
And so while going through like how it was going, um, going to work, they just had like five different people explaining different parts at the different times. And they all basically read like a, um, handbook. So I was like, this is what it's going to be like, kill me now. Um, and then the first day they were going to this, I, I don't even, I, don't, I honestly, I can't even tell you what it was about. They're just blabbing on about how to reach people. And it was all very sociological. And it wasn't until the end that a guy finally said, Jesus Christ is not a, uh, pro is not a program. And I screamed, thank you really loud and clapped. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Clap, 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 clap. Oh, so, I love it. I love it. Did, did, I guess, wait, 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 wait. Did you do it in a monoxious way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, not in an, uh, not in an obnoxious way, but in a way that expressed thank you for finally bringing that up. Like someone talked about, about, uh, about Christ. Like, thank you for doing that. <laughs> um, th- this will be my biggest criticism that I want to really try to focus on the, the positive stuff. But I think this really, this does, and I bring this up because I think we do need, this needs to be talked about. Catholicism is not this, it's not sociology, you know, and that's so much of the approach, especially on the first nuns panel that I went to was that, and it made me insane. Like it drove me crazy. I was so angry that I almost had to like leave. And there's a couple people who actually did. Um, and that's my biggest issue with that is the approach, like one of the girls on the panel who, uh, who I, who I know, and I wouldn't say that we are friends, but we've had a couple good conversations. We just, yeah, we, we just, I have to keep this kind of, uh, kind of like vague. We, I started to argue with her on, Twitter, but then I stopped, um, said like, this is the field that she's in. And I was like, that's the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. This is not a field. This is not like some, um, industry that we all work in. You know, this isn't, we all, we're not. And uh, uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's just, it, you know, like what other like field is there where in order to, in order to have this like one role, you have to not have a wife and, uh, be like, it's, and just be a complete slave to the demands of the people that you have to serve. Like what other field has that? Okay. That doesn't exist. Yeah. You know? And so it, uh, that really, um, I have major issues with, the, with that. But so if you take that out of it and that was a lot of it. It was so, and this is a thing that Father Dave Pivanka and Jim Beckman, both, both and the guys over at Net, um, all all brought this up. Was this was so much better than what it could have been, and it was a really good step in the right direction. So even though there's all this other crap that it could have been way worse, and the church is finally starting this big, huge thing. Is finally being turned around, and we're going the right way. Yeah. So that, to me, is very encouraging, and I have a lot of hope from that. One of the things that I keep hearing from people is how apolitical everything was. Like, it wasn't people getting up and doing grandstanding about 
pro-life stuff or immigration, although that was there were elements of that. You know, mm-hmm. like obviously people are talking about, you know, defending the poor, the immigrant, the you know, whatever. But yeah. it was it really was about Jesus Christ. And, I wouldn't go that far. Well, I mean, but meaning, I think... meaning, meaning, like, th- uh, let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it, especially sure. with the bad parts. Like, I'm trying to be a, a Big Ten person here. It oh, was sure. a, yeah, yeah. It was about the nature of evangelization and discipleship in the church. At least that's what it was supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, so it, people have different, you know, Catholic identity people versus people who, act, who are disciples of Jesus people. You know, like, they're, you know, the people who get lost in the sociology and the data of it. At least the sociology and the data of it was meant to point us to either a the problem b potential solutions you know and i I didn't do any of it because it like my problem is when you take that approach when it's all about it's about trying to get them back into the or the organization and the organization being the church and even if we did that that's not the point it's the point of the church is not to have as many of the members as we can the point of the church is to bring people into deep communion with Jesus Christ. And so why would we frame that conversation any other way? The church is at her best when she speaks of God, when she speaks of God like first, which is a, that's um, a, that's a, like Benedict uh, quote. Yeah. So you're saying that these people are getting in the, in the trap of looking at sociological data of the church hemorrhaging members and then saying, how do we get those people back? I don't even think that's the trap they're getting into. I think that's the approach that they take. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that I like, mean, but that's a bad approach, is what you're saying. Yeah. Like I mean, that's really, what I mean. That's the trap. Like they're they're playing a numbers game the whole time, saying, "Well, we need to adopt purposes and practices that'll dramatically restore these numbers or whatever." And you're like, "Whoa!" But that's not the point. The point of the church is to love and worship God and bring people into communion. And if a lot of people don't want that communion, then numbers don't matter. But the people who do want that communion, we're going to take them far deeper. Yeah, yeah, and like, how do you, like, there wasn't anything as to what the church offers to um, to um, millennials. That's what I heard over and over again was the um, millennials. Now I was at all that stuff because that's um, my office that I may yeah. work for. Uh, it deals with that. So well, your, that was your a, friend, your friend, Mister Carey. Yes, yes, yeah. that's the office that he works for, and so I was there on behalf of him. And so <laughs> it was such. I mean, it was just a bunch of stats. I don't like. I, I'm not opposed to those stats, obviously, but like, what's the point of those stats? Yeah, like, like in, in you contrast that with forming intentional disciples, where chapter one is all those stats, but the whole point of chapter one literally is, hey, this is the problem. Churches are maintenance. Like she clearly spells out, like like the stats on mm-hmm. people who don't believe God is a personal being, right? Like, yeah. So you don't have a relationship I mean, with them. But the whole point of chapter one of her book is like. This is how bad the situation is, and we don't see it because of immigration, but this is how bad it is. Now, all the rest of this book is the – I, I want to say the solution, but that's kind of like the purpose, right? It's like propped up to be like, here's the deal. We need to go back to speaking the gospel. We need to call people to repentance. You know, mm-hmm. things that you don't hear in Catholic terms yeah. often. No, absolutely. Like, there was no – Um. so here's – that I want to dive into all – Um. Oh, the positives. But here's the last thing I'll say. I got to a pretty intense argument with a person, a part of a pretty big group here in the church that I think a handful of people would like know about. And um, just the stuff that she challenged me with, I was like, you guys are so lost. If that's your approach, you are so lost. And why are you here? 
<laughs> you know, and I, I want to like. Sh- I love it. I love <laughs> how crazy confrontational you are. Well, no, I didn't like. I was saying you're that broken. To her. The system is broken. Your ministry is broken. Your ass is going to be broken if you have this conversation for five more seconds. Like, get she, out. She rolled my eyes when I brought up like the challenge of. Sorry, she rolled her eyes at me when I brought up the challenge of gender fluidity, and I was like. And then she she asked this guy to not like use male terms, and I was just like, "F you!" <laughs> like, like, wait, what? 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 I, you lost me. You lost me. I just you said gender fluidity. Yeah, I said like you know like we can speak to like these like I was trying to explain how the church is irrelevant to most millennials. Like we're an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. And I said, but what we can offer to them, and I was trying to go into like this hunger people have to believe in a, in, in good and, you know, good things in a, in, um, like a, in like in this world that could seem often pointless. I mean, and so I said when gender is like when, when gender is fluid and that's when she like rolled her eyes and I was like, and that's when I honestly just checked. That's why I, I just stopped after I, I kind of, um, um, like made my point and then I just stopped cause there was just no point. And it, and so that things like that were hard. Um, well, what what was she representing? I mean, what was her position? I don't want to say because it'll give away the group. I don't want to just. I don't want to name the group. If you want, I mean, if you want uh, to bleep it out, I'll tell you. But can you not state her position without giving away the group? I didn't know what her uh, position was. So what, were you was ar- what were you arguing about? I'm confused. Well, because we, well, so during these breakout things that have, there was times to like talk with people in your group. Oh, okay. Oh, that like that that were around you, and we didn't have a lot of time. We had specific things we had to hit on, and so we just kind of started to talk. And she and she just like and I was I'd already kind of uh, kind of started, and then she had jumped into our group, and so we didn't really get a chance to say, oh, like I I do this. It's just oh, I'm with this group. So, uh, yeah, it was tough. I mean, parts of it were hard. Uh, does that clarify? No. Your... What was your least favorite part? Um, my least favorite part was the, was the, uh, each of the breakouts on of the nuns for the most part. I thought, especially the f- first one, it was awful. Um, just data. Yeah. It was just a big conversation. I could have found that stuff on like on online about five. In fact, I think it was deforming to be honest with you. Why, why, Ooh, deforming. Yeah. Ooh, why? Because again, it just turns this whole conversation into this big "let's get them to join our club" kind of a thing, okay. and that's not the point. And I, th- I think that is profoundly wrong and heretical. It's, it's basically what happened during that during that breakout was borderline. I'm going to pronounce this wrong: plagiarism. Does that make sense? That is basically the is like that heresy that you had. You had yeah, Pelagianism. You had a Pelagian- uh, hashtag like Pelagianism, Pelagianism everywhere, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because it just like it's just like how do we change our like methods to get this outcome? And there was zero talk on the uh, Holy Spirit or what the person of Christ brings to um, millennials, and Man. what like there was no there was zero talk on that zero, and you that should be the first thing. Yeah. And so it, it, it just, as a, again, as a person who, this is what I do. Sorry. This is what, um, a person that I skirt, this is what I do. Like I like, and yeah. it, and it, it offered me nothing. It offered the people there, not a damn 
effing thing. And I just, those people should be ashamed as far as I'm concerned. Like, I really mean that. I'm so mad about this. It was awful. Who are the presenters? Brandon Vaught, uh, the, a guy from Washington, D.C., director of a youth ministry out there. Um, Amy McEntee from the Archdiocese. Um, she's, she works here and um, she's actually up in Dayton. Um, and then a third person who I forget. But I was really upset with that. Like, you can kind of tell I'm visibly upset with <laughs> right. how bad that was. Man, man alive. And you name names, yeah. too, and I'm not bleeping that shit up. No, because, I, like, I, I'm – listen, I'm totally fine with them coming on our, our – um, I would love to talk with them about that. But I just think it is – I mean, it's borderline heretical. Like, you flirt so close to that line of just, just change our methods and we'll do this. And it's like it's – like, who is the primary instrument in evangelization? It's the Holy Spirit. There was zero talk of that until I brought it up. I bombarded them with it. You could ask your things over text message, which actually kind of bothered me because it's not a real dialogue. But anyways, I bombarded them with things like, what about the Holy Spirit? What role does the Holy Spirit have in all of this? And they're like, oh, of course we believe that. And I'm like, well, then, like, but, but do you? <laughs> like, I, I literally, Timothy Keller, Reverend Timothy Keller, I've, I've talked about it before. He's a uh, Redeemer Presbyterian church. He, um, he has this amazing comment that he said. Uh, he said, you know, the first thing you need to do when you're seeking conversion, blah, 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 is pray for it, right, Among, you know, when you're preaching, because he's talking to preachers. And he says, and, and let me say this again, you need to pray for it. In fact, you need to spend a lot of time praying for it. And he said, as a pastor, for years, I never prayed for it. And he said, but I would say all the things, right, like the bookends, like, oh, yeah, yeah definitely, let's pray, definitely. Oh, well, you need to do that. And it's like, okay, but but no one's talking about that. Like that is constantly being overlooked. And this, this violates the central core of the soul of the apostolate, the whole teaching, which is we're trying to give people supernatural life, and you can't do that without the grace of Christ. And yet all we focus on, and I mean, on, um, yeah, now I'm getting mad, but all we focus on is, 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 is not even the central means Right, it's like it's like secondary, tertiary means, and we completely brought out, blot out. Yeah, I'm so happy you said that. And did you literally just say, "What about the Holy Spirit?" And then they they just like dismissed it, or I, I don't re- remember what I said. I think I, at one point I'm try, I, I've got the text right here. I sent like four or five of them, just saying, "You say this, but what about the Holy Spirit? Like, what about the role of the Holy Spirit? in? You? I, I, I think basically what I said, but what about the role of, of the Holy Spirit when it comes to evangelizing other nuns? Because there's a really great opportunity there to talk about why are the nuns nuns? Where does this come from? What is the history behind this? Why did this happen? And like, you can trace this stuff back to hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Like, this, this did not just happen. It wasn't like the 1960s, and then now we have like a bunch of nuns. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is the dominant meta narrative of conservative. Yeah. Catholics. And, and that's and it, it was pretty much just this thing of like, be on social media. And it's like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> who doesn't know that? I mean, seriously, I paid three hundred dollars. I'm spending time away from my from my wife over the holidays to hear this. So sorry. I'm, this is what I didn't want to do. Um, but this is what I wanted you to do the whole time. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, but I, I don't want it to like just be a bitch. Session. I OK, just, I think yeah. I think what you said was good and complete. Now let's talk about the good. 
good. It was so great to see so many people to come together to 3, have like 3,500 people. It was fit to basically sit there and be like, this is just the, the, the cream of the crop for the most part. There were obviously other people that would love to have seen there. You, uh, David Bickle, uh, like other people that I, that I work with. But it was so like I hung out with the people. I mean, just so many people. I was able to see Ar- um, Arlene Spensley. That was fantastic. The guy from uh, Pat from the Pat from the crunch crashed on the uh, couch in our hotel room for the Pat, last Pat night from what Pat from what from the crunch oh, i've never never heard of that go on uh, yeah i did something um <laughs> it was no but it was it was honestly like, really good to be able to spend time with him i uh, hung out a lot with with jacob king director of um the office of uh director of um uh uh, he's the uh, sorry the director of youth ministry for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Oh, Wait, that's what I heard. Yeah. Have you he's um, a good dude? Did you Him listen to the Megan, latest Catholic creatives? No, because I'm I'm really mad that they interviewed you and not me. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Because <laughs> I said I'll come on, they're like, great. Then they never got a hold of me. And I was like, Ugh. well, they found but out you're I, not. They found out you're not creative. Um, but yeah. the I'm just kidding. The uh, uh, my episode was like terrible on my side of it. I, I just became a no, curmudgeon. Fine. Um, but the uh, Mega Mastriani and um, Jacob King were on that. The, I think it's the last episode, and they talked yeah. about the whole rebranding of of the Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, Youth Ministry mm-hmm. Office. And literally the whole time, Luke, I'm taking notes. <laughs> no, they're they're I um. So long story short, I did this thing with Jim Beckman out in like Denver called the leadership Institute and they were a part of that with me. So I've gotten to know them very well and they're doing great. I'm so proud of them. They're doing great stuff. I, uh, I love hanging out with them. I've actually gotten to, I've I've, uh, hung out with Megan. She uh, helped with abide, which is this huge conference that I do. And she's become like a little sister to me almost. I think they're just, I think they're great. Yeah, no, me too. I love them on the show. They they're great. The, the thing that they did was they just did Outside of the creative stuff, they they just did youth ministry from a different perspective. Like, instead of saying, hey, our job is to, from the archdiocese, is to make sure you comply with our policies. They're like, our job is to form you as youth ministers, and if you need that, we're going to do that. And, like, they said, like, 98% of the people that they offer that to took them up on it. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Like, the, oh, wow. So people desperately need formation and no one's giving it to them, especially yeah. the young adults. You want to know why <laughs> there's nuns? It's because there's no one giving formation to young adults. You know, yeah. And that's the difference. Like, all we did. Sorry, let me back up. What really bothered me was when we talked about being the, the church. What was great at this was when we were the church. All, all of the masses were fantastic. They were beautiful. They had some, they had some, I actually know one of the priests that's in this choir, but they were doing these Taze chant stuff. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I mean, it was beautiful. They made the mass beautiful. Um, it was amazing. Um, so, and, and so just seeing able to hang out with all these people was great. Um, hung, hung, out, uh, hung out with like Matthew from Oh, sorry about that. Everyone over um, at Flock Note. Dang it. Uh, yeah. So many. I mean, there were so cool many people. great. Yeah. Like I, it just was, it was honestly overwhelming. And I was depressed when I left because I love being around people, hung out with Josh from Alpha. 
I uh, talked uh, t- talked with Michael from uh, Catholic Beard Bomb and uh, and Project YM. Yeah, Michael Martin, I good. Was able to talk to like Anthony over from Catholic Creatives. I, I met this guy who works at Glass House. Um, oh, they're the ones designs. that did the rebrand rebranding. Yeah, Billy. really cool dude. I I spoke with um with I think it's um Matthew Meeks or it's Michael Meeks over from L.A doing great stuff there. Like we just, I, my favorite part was being at, was just being at the bar and hanging out with, with everyone. But the was best it, part, was it the hotel sorry, bar? Oh yeah. And they were, drinks were so expensive, but I spent like a hundred dollars on booze. For instance, really <laughs> 100, 130. Did, did you just send it to your room and your, and your work picked up the tab? No, I wish I would have gotten, I would have gotten so much uh, trouble. Instead, I had my wife angry at me. So, you know, it was good. Um, <laughs> oh, oh man, this is a, yet another reason why I don't want to work for a diocese. Cause at a parish I got, that doesn't happen. I got a text from her that said, you spent so much money. And I was like, Ooh. but then she had to be like totally fine with it. I was like, it just was the hotel bar. Um, no, that's networking money and I'll reimburse you. No, it was like eight. Oh, I talked about the podcast. So actually, oh, this was the other great part. So many people <laughs> just, I remember this was like one of the, one of my, this was so great. Um, I was just in an, I was just in an, uh, in an elevator and this guy like walked in, he goes, Catching foxes and my face just like lit up. And then we <laughs> talked. He's from LA. He said that he's worked with you on some stuff. He's at he's at a parish out 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 there. Um, Who was it? I can't. I'm so bad with what I color. What color was he? Uh, he looked to be Hispanic, possibly older man. Was it Bobby? Maybe he said you've done some stuff for, with their parish, and they've got a really vibrant parish there. He was explaining to me how like the parish life there is just incredible. They have like a real parish, like an actual. Was his parish Saint Saint Kateri Tekawitha? Maybe Saint Kateri Bobby Vidal. He's in the forum. He's awesome. Maybe it was it was really cool. Like uh, that was amazing. And then Bishop um, Bishop like Barron's talk was phenomenal. He yeah, confirmed. Well, I'm gonna, sorry. I was gonna say what was his on, but um, and then I stopped myself because I realized clearly you're gonna tell me what it was on. Oh, so I know. Uh, so he it was really good for me because he confirmed. The me and the people that um, I work with are approached uh, to ministry, and it was really like the Holy Spirit really just affirmed like this is good, this is like you're doing the right thing. So he basically talked about how um, as a church this is very important, and I mean he, there was like a whole bunch of stuff, but he said don't dumb down our uh, faith and well sorry he kind of like he kind of painted a picture like this is why things are the way that they are and the viewpoint that people take. So why uh, do we have this thing where we uh, hold up like science now as being, and like, what are the flaws of that? Then he went into these points that I said, this is the approach you should have. We try to engage with the, we try to engage with the culture and is, and it was truth, goodness, and beauty. And of course I love that. One of the things that he talked about was don't dumb down the faith like we like challenge people our faith is gorgeous it is strong it is brilliant um tap into that like use that explore that ex- like experience that and that was fantastic uh i love i thought his talk was so so great i think we're i think more more and more i would be willing to bet we're going to start to see Less praise and worship and more beauty. I think that's going to start to speak to a lot, of, especially the young adult group. Yeah. I was just talking to someone today. Um, they said uh, we were talking about different mass uh, music styles at, at masses. 
And they said, well, you know, I mean, the young people, they like the – and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Young adults are shifting away from rock and roll and praise and worship in, yep. a, in a big way. And she's like, really? Why is that? And I said, well, number one, they get it and get it better on the radio and on their, uh, you know, on the radio, on their phones, right, or on YouTube or whatever. Like, if they, if they want praise and worship music, they have it 24-7. Their friends play guitar if they want it live. Like, that's not the reason why they come when they come. They come to Mass because everything else in our lives is totally fleeting. Everything is changing every minute. They need permanence. They want to connect to something ancient. Like Latin, Latin is a beautiful thing. Like we shouldn't be afraid. I feel like there's a conversation that is, that, that is reduced to eye rolling from you know, people who were kind of raised in the 60s, 70s, 80s when you talk about the Latin mass because they're like, oh, please. Because they didn't get it. And they see people that are for it as nothing but reactionaries. And then I feel like with our, maybe our generation, we weren't raised with it and we didn't experience its loss. We're not reacting to the Novus Ordo's abuses for the most part. We're just like, hey, but this is traditional. And this is something, like, I'm not, I'm not a zealot for it, but there is something beautiful about singing something written by a saint rather than singing something written by a guy who's probably doing coke right now in a hotel ballroom. You know, like, I don't know about all these, like, super celebrity P&Dub musicians, you know, writing questionable lyrics about, you know. And the funniest thing, I wanted to share this with you. My kids just did Vacation Bible School, so we had the little CD, right? And we listened to it over and over and over again. I want to smash my face. On on my 2006 minivan CD player. Thank you for asking. Um, (laughs) And what have we won? Nothing. Nothing. no, and so, um, but they listened to it, and I, I, this was my thought. Wow. It isn't until you hear a bunch of eight-year-olds singing praise and worship songs that you realize how childish they seem. Mm-hmm. Like, some of them are good, and they, the, the, you know, it's, it's good, and you hear a little kid sing it, and that melts your heart. But some of them, you literally are like, oh, my gosh, this is adult VBS. Praise and worship music, <laughs> the praise and worship culture is adult VBS, like, I can't li- I can't go back to listening to Hillsong anymore. I'm like, really? You're saying four words over and over again, and then you add an O O O. It's painful. And it, it doesn't take you anywhere, and that's what like the, the music that they had at Mass it, like took you to heaven. It literally took you to heaven. Literally? Why did you come back? I, I know, right? I'm a ghost. Um, <laughs> I'm so, still there. Uh, they have great you... <laughs> Wi-Fi in the clouds. You get it? Because I'm in the cloud. G3 everywhere. Um, uh, other good things really quick. I had a great chat with the person from EWTN about the podcast. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what? Well, they're going to reproduce it. <laughs> yeah. Or just like go, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. Tell no, them I want to be interviewed by Father Mitch Pacwa, or I ain't doing anything. <laughs> um, I love you, Father a, Mitch. Uh, so one of the things, one one of the other things that Baron brought up that was really great was Bishop Baron. About, go on. Yes, sorry, um, Bishop Baron. Uh, my my what, buddy Baron. <laughs> well, I like referring to people as their last name. What about cool. you? Should call him the Red Baron. Uh, red, one of the things that Red Baron talked about. <laughs> we're like, hey, we're like eight days away from Game of Thrones coming back. By the way, how excited are you? Oh, oh man! So, oh. My wife, my wife, literally at, was ignoring me because I was watching YouTube videos about tiny houses, 
And uh, that's my new obsession. I'm, I'm out of the conversion van. I'm into containers, metal containers, shipping containers being turned yeah, into Yeah, I've seen that. I know. I have problems, though. I've seen hundreds. And uh, she was totally <laughs> tuning everything out. And then I just put on the Game of Thrones trailer. And she, like, literally looked up slowly and turned off her phone all in one smooth gesture. And just said, now, my wife has refused to watch Game of Thrones because of the rape scene of Sansa by bad guy. And... Uh, She's refused to watch it, and then she looked at me and she goes, I may start <laughs> watching it again. I may. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, honey. I got a text from uh, John about this one thing that I need to check out from uh, Game of Thrones. But uh, the best text I got all like all week was from Aaron telling me that she just resubscribed to, H- to HBO now, <laughs> HBO, whatever. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so also, uh, so no, Bishop Baron, Bishop Baron, Game of so Thrones. So he brought up like where in Game of Thrones, uh, <laughs> like one of the things that like the, that the church has to have in, and every age is where like are the movements, where are, where are the orders being, like, where are the important orders? Where are the important like, movements of, of, I mean, like, obviously they are like there. I think he was trying to get people to say like, these things are really, these are like important things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll mention here my great um, spiritual mentor, the late Cardinal George of Chicago. We would talk often about this period of the church's life, the scandals, the difficulties. And he would say, where are the orders? Where are the orders? Where are the movements? I'm looking for the signs of life. And what he meant was, it's precisely at these times of crisis that the great orders and movements emerged. And so he said, where are they? I'm looking for them. I'm looking for them, too. I think we've all got that responsibility now to do something radical for the sake of evangelization. Yeah. And so I think I'm going to start to check out Communion and Liberation. Oh, really? Uh, I had a great talk with their director of communications, and it's just come up again and again from from I had a uh, great chat with like listener Dave. So hi, Dave. Uh, it was really great. I meet up with him and I had a great chat with him about it as well. And um, there are like other people that I want to, uh, and I need to, I, I need to touch base with father Collins. If you're here and I promise I'll call you back. Um, yeah, I think the Lord might be calling me to like explore that a bit. So, Ooh. Yeah, I really do. It's just come up from different um, people over and over again. So I'm like, fine. And I'm very intrigued by it. So good. Good. Yeah. So also had a really great shout with people over at net. I just, uh, love those guys. Love it. So it was, um, it was like, that was great. I honestly like that. Like it hurts my heart that, it, that I'm not there anymore. I had a great dinner with our archbishop. Um, almost went to, did you uh, give him the catching foxes? Hello? No, I did not. I would not have gone well at all. Um, <laughs> father Mike Schmitz was there, but I missed him. So sorry, father Mike, if you are listening, which I know that you do occasionally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got to put his face on the album art again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we mentioned his name, uh, and uh, yeah, it was just really good. Um, uh, went to the had the best steak I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, that was phenomenal. Not at not at the hotel, but this other restaurant in town. Turns out, turns out, Bishop Barron cooked it for you. <laughs> yeah, no. What you know, can he do? What can he do? He can analyze his TV shows and movies. Talk about beauty. Knows Bob so Dylan. Steak. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah, I think I've gone on enough about this, but is there any, what, are there any other 
questions you might have about the Catholic convocation. Uh, how was Sherry Waddell's panel? Um, the, oh, okay. So good. It was that kind of, I feel like that was, that was the turning point from when it went from being like, Oh, this is kind of tough to like really good. Um, what was her panel? Her panel was on discipleship, I think. And then, but the best part actually wasn't her. It was her Curtis Martin. I think it's like Bishop and priest. And this um, one Bishop was really cool. And then they then they had this like nun who just had this Holy Spirit like it was this crazy like she just started to preach and share what God has done in like her life and like conversion happened everywhere it was it was amazing it was absolutely amazing and she has to come on the podcast okay it was I mean it was I don't remember her name I'm gonna have to go and look back on it but was it she on was, the panel with yeah yeah okay with Sherry it was um, I'll, ask, I'll ask Sherry right now she's in. The, the Sisters of Light, I think. Oh, or something. Okay. It was amazing. I mean, like my heart all of a sudden was just like, and I believe more now. Like it was, it was incredible. It was apt. Like I started at that point in time. I like I remember I started praying to the Holy Spirit, asking for more because like you just felt like this is an important moment. This has this has to happen. Yeah. Huh. So one thing that I and, and for all the and like, like, honestly, all of the bad and I'm again, I hope I didn't offend anyone with like how negative I got. I don't want that to be the point. I'm trying to I'm it's, it really is a cross. So I do apologize if I went too far, but I want to try to like I don't want to just complain. I want to be proactive and like work with people on this because I think I think there's some big opportunities that we did miss and it's pretty bad that. We miss those, but I think the ship is being steered around. I think we're going the right way, and I really do want to continue to be a part of what's going on. So. Yeah. Hey, Luke, why don't you ask me about what I did while you were gone? What did you do while I was gone? Well, I went swimming at a friend's house with my kids. Oh, there you go. Then I went swimming at my mom's house on the 4th. There you go. And then on Monday, my pastor gave me the day off, but did I take the day off, Luke? Yes, you did. Are you going to go see Spider-Man on Friday? No, I'm just kidding. You did not. Why? I went to the prison. Nice. How was that? Very heartbreaking, Luke. Very oh, freaking heartbreaking. How come? This man that I have been working with for so long. Good dude. Besides the prison thing. Good dude. My heart breaks from, you know, once you know someone's story, you can, you can, you just love them, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I just love. I know this guy did some pretty bad stuff, but when you hear their story about you know, dad leaving, mom dominating him, always trying to find approval, things got out of control. Like all this stuff, all this stuff. This guy is he wants God, but he hates God because of the crappiness of his life. He came up to me after after all this time, and he said, "Mike, I, I really want to thank you for everything." and Really, the only two people I honestly believe care about me in this whole place is the therapist that I go to here and uh, and you. Oh and wow! And he said, "But I don't. I'm not coming again." Oh. He's like this whole this. He's like, "I believe in God. I I believe you know I'm gonna end up in the other place when I die." And, and I'm like, "Quit saying you're gonna go to hell." I said, "Listen." I said, "Don't feel bad that you don't want to come to my talks or these things." I said, "I understand if this is not for you." And I said, but please keep your, just stay open to what God can do. And he's like, 
uh, I don't know what that means, but okay. And I said, can we still write each other? And he's like, you'll still write with me? And I was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. But to, to, to journey with someone that you, that I mean, I pray for this guy all the time. This guy is, I can't even describe it. And this is one of the things I realized. I said this tonight at a talk I gave. If my pastor said, Mike, the prison ministry is taking up too much of your time. You need to make a decision. The prison ministry or your job, I would be like, Ugh, can I still use you as a reference? Because mm, this yeah. prison ministry, you know, I'm not going to be the next uh, Chuck Colson who started Prison Fellowship. But it, it is so, I don't even know how to explain it. When the gate shuts behind you and you realize that you are locked in with murderers and rapists and drug dealers and violent criminals and gangbangers and all this stuff, and you realize almost to a man that they had absent fathers, terrible fathers, abusive fathers, or just nothing, that they had, they have been dealt so many bad cards, and now they're in an instant, now they're just, you know, they're discarded by society in these walled institutions and the ferguson unit is great because in my opinion i mean they're in texas in houston in the summertime with no air conditioning so that sucks at another unit several people have died from heat stroke prisoners um but to see them come alive and to learn to love one another like Mm -hmm. luke Luke, i literally saw a former neo-nazi and a crypt gang member embrace one another Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, you see miracles unfolding. You know, you see these people who are like, I'm thinking about getting out of gangs now. Thank you so much. And you're like, what? Because of a talk you gave and what the Holy Spirit was up to, and, and someone asked a question that was the exact question that that guy had, but he was too nervous to ask. Didn't want to look like an idiot. You know, you always got to defend your respect. That, uh, you know, that's, that's the only currency that really exists in prison is respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how you have to get it is is painful and shameful and terrible, um, but these these men like they're coming every week. And so, my last talk was on how they need to stop looking to just us outsiders because one of the issues I've been told is too many people look to us and ignore the we call them the men in white the the, the inmates who are leaders in the Catholic group. I mean this these two dudes Mark and Leo they have more theology than most graduate students i mean they've been in jail for uh, you know a decade or more after their conversion Mm. and he's like i go hey do you have any book recommendations you want me to try to find he's like uh yeah can you give me primary sources i have irenaeus of leon and i have justin martyr and ignatius of antioch but i don't have anything from basil or any of the gregories i'm like Okay. <laughs> you know, like, oh, man. I mean, these guys, and I, it's, it's so heartbreaking to see this. But at the same time, it's awesome because I, I see when I first pulled up to Ferguson and they have a huge chapel with a big old cross right on the outside, I was like, what if this became a monastery? I think I shared that in the Gomer Goes to Prison episode. But mm-hmm. what if this became a monastery? And I felt like in so many ways we were making progress towards that. And then, I mean, I know it's a part. I've had people, people that I still stay in touch with who have walked away from their faith. But this guy, it kills me. Oh, that yeah. he's done. I don't, you know, and that's one of the things about trying to lead people into, you know, Pope Francis talks about having a uh, 
patient apostolic endurance. And I think that's what Pope Francis thinks about when he talks, uh, uh, you know, the whole amoris and dealing with people who are, who are in difficult marriages. But he writes this in Evangelii Gaudium, where he talks about you have to be able to just shut up and listen and to put aside your categories, categories for a while because people are not ever linear in their conversion. And this guy yeah. is, you know, and Sherry Waddell talks about ping-ponging between the different stages. It's an accurate theological term. That's what this guy's doing. But we don't know. We don't know what's going on on the inside. And uh, so I got I have a whole groups of people praying for this dude. Yeah. I'll be, I will be praying for him as well. It's, Pray for it's Ned, everyone. Pray for Ned for 10 minutes. Pray for Ned. I literally put on my autoresponder for work where people send me email. I'm like, Please stop. I'm like, hey, I'm not in the office. This is someone you can contact. And right now I need you to stop what you're – or find some time during the day to pray for 10 minutes for Catholic men – or for the Catholic prison ministry in Texas. Yeah, it's definitely um, one of the hardest parts of the – oh, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I thought that – I lost you. Uh, one of the hardest parts is just that, like, detachment from outcome. Like, you yeah. have to respect their freedom. And that's hard. You know, I always go back to, I think, one of the one of the parts of the crucifixion. It sounds kind of like, you know, like, what about this is crazy, man. But I, I do think it's true. It's like the emotional pain that Christ went through to be abused and killed by people that he loved. Yeah. Like, I just I think that that's just that's kind of profound. If you think about it, that it's not just that he allows his body to go through the you know, pain, torture, and death, but the emotional torment of seeing his mother see him go through that and to be abused, to be abandoned by all but one of his 12, you know, yeah. guys that he walked with for three years and uh, to be killed by people that, like, because you think about, like, if he really is God, he knows those people. Yeah. Like, he knows their hearts. He, he knows their names. He knows their story. And <clears throat> it's like... uh a victim of abuse, like a child, you know, looking at, mm-hmm. at their father or mother beating them, being like, but why are you doing this? But I, I love you. I, why are you doing I love you. Stop this, you know, and, or a spouse, you know, like that's that, that such an intense inward love totally being violated in the most profoundly awful way. And he endured that because he loves us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, I just wish Ned knew that. You never know what, like, you never know what's going to happen, though. I know, I know. Like, you have to have hope that, like, there's something going on. There's something in his heart going on that he's pushing back against. Yeah. You know? The other thing that sucks, though, is his blockmate, this guy is, uh, lives a few cells down, is on fire for Christ and his Catholic faith. He just got diagnosed with cancer and got moved to a different unit. And that guy was like a rock in his life. A good friend, a good listener. It's hard to find those in prison, as you can imagine. Um, but, man, my goal, my goal. So this guy that I do it with, Jerry, Jerry's like, uh, he's like, Gormley, I went to this meeting of wardens, and I was talking with a couple people, and they said to me, if your friend, Michael, can write a Catholic curriculum, uh, and go through it once at the Ferguson unit, maybe at Ellis, with a group of people, and, and tweak it, I can get approval that this can be done in 200-plus Catholic prisons in Texas. 
So it would be a like if there was like a retreat that came into a prison, this would be the ongoing formation after it. And my goal, honestly, like the first time when he said that, he's like, no, so you have approval to do this. He said, but I, but you need to, we, I mean, like, this is the one thing where videos are really powerful because humans can't get in there all the time, you know, but mm-hmm. media can, you know, and he's sure. like, he's like, you, you literally need to figure out a way to have this professionally recorded, create a curriculum that has a lot of discussion, but also has a ton of reading because these guys got the time, uh, and uh, and 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 do this. And I'm like, okay, 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 all right. So I need to get a studio. I need to. And I literally have been going through this. Uh, I need to get about twenty thousand dollars, get a down payment on a studio, lease out some space, get some new camera equipment, start recording now. But I don't know. I don't know. My heart, man, Luke. My heart is in the prisons. It's so cool that that's where like your ministry is gone. Because think about, like, half a year ago even. This isn't even on the table, I don't think, right? No. I was pissed that Jerry signed me up and forced me to go, quote, unquote. And, yeah, it was uh, March or May or something like that. And, oh, man. Luke, I mean, I can't. And my heart is not just in prison ministry. My heart is for Ferguson Unit in Midway, Texas. Like, those men that come to that group, like, they're amazing. And hmm. you you see God work. I, I keep saying the same thing, and I don't want it to sound super Christianese, but uh, I, you can see God working, and that's what I'm excited about. No, that's not that's reality. Yeah. Uh, are they able? This sounds weird, but are they able um, to listen to the podcast? Nope. Like, can you sit? No. Okay. Nope. I was just curious. Like, like, like I was just trying to think. Like, what are the different ways they're able to um, explore their faith or to be how? Like, what? <clears throat> like what are the different ways that you can accompany these men? Even like like obviously you have the in person stuff, but that you can't be there twenty four hours a day. Right. Well, I might become a chaplain. <laughs> That's awesome. So that about like it's like a ne- the next step up between what I do now and what a full time assigned prison chaplain is. It's like the in between thing. Okay. So that I would have access even to the men in their cell blocks when they're on lockdown and. Go to the cafeteria with them, and go to a go to a prison cafeteria and start a food fight. <laughs> I don't. I think that's not the group you want to be doing that with. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, take this hair sandwich to the face. Oh <laughs> so my gosh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is it so cold? Oh. And why am I seeing that red was here? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. No. The uh, so what? What? I mean, they can take books and CDs. So I literally, we just had a, a friend who moved. Um to Dallas and she's like I'm going to give you all my books you decide what to do with them and I took a bunch of her books for myself gave a bunch to the parish and let people fight over them and then I took all the apologetics books and a couple theology books and I and uh, witnessed the hope by George Weigel and I took that to the prison and I, I take in stacks and stacks of books uh, because that's all we can do we got uh, our Spanish ministry uh, El Camino that I oversee it's an adult faith formation program I had individual families buy individual Spanish language catechisms, sign their family name in it and like a little prayer to them. And then we brought all those Spanish language catechisms so that those people could learn their faith. And Mm -hmm. uh, because there's so many people that barely speak any Spanish or English, if at all, and they're gangbangers, right? And they're terrible Catholics. And they get picked off one by one from these anti-Catholic fundamentalist groups. And so this is our our way of like trying to turn the tide in that in that kind of shenanigans. 
Mm. Yeah. So we we give them the and and I told them I said I did not get money for this and go out and buy catechisms. I had individual families buy the catechisms, write their names with a little prayer so that you would know that a family is praying for you. That's mm. my that's my way to try to make it personal. That's really cool. I'm so proud of you, man. Good stuff. It's it sucks. <laughs> it's, I know, but like that's sucks. what a good ministry is though. I know. You know, it's it's like good ministry is like the church is at her best when uh she, when she suffers. Oh. Ratzinger. Oh, again with the Ratzinger, blah blah blah. Also, let me just end with this. You want to know what else I've been doing? Writing thousands of words for my new book. There you go. Which has been written hundreds of times, and I hate my life. There you go. I, you know, because okay, everyone's talking about discipleship, right? So I'm like, I'm going to study. I want to study on a, on a little bit higher level than like we need to follow Jesus. Wait, didn't we already talk about? Yes, this? but this is the part that I didn't talk about. This <laughs> okay. is the part I didn't talk about. I um I I found a one of the books that I got from the friend who donated all the books was Jesus of Nazareth from Pope Benedict, which I lost my copy. So I have this copy, very excited about. And then I was like, oh, I have it on audiobook. I'll listen to it. And so I randomly listened to chapter four. Chapter four is the, I think it's four, is uh, the Pope talking about uh, Rabbi Neusner. And Rabbi Neusner wrote a book called Rabbi Jesus, where it is an honest dialogue between a Jewish rabbi and Jesus. And he starts with the Sermon on the Mount and some other stuff here and there. And he goes in and he, he gives Jesus all the due, you know, respect and honor at some points deferring from talking to Jesus and instead asking the disciples these questions and, you know, fic, you know, creating this fictitious story of where he listens to Jesus and then instead of following Jesus goes off and talks to the local rabbi at the synagogue and, and he says, what do you think of this Jesus guy? And, you know, and he has this really fascinating dialogue where he's like, he thinks he's God. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and that's the definitive breaking point with Rabbi Neusner where he says, I have a lot of respect for this rabbi and what he teaches, but he is destroying eternal Israel, and I will not follow him if he does that. And I don't understand how any Jew in the world, especially back in the first century, could ever follow Jesus. Because what he is saying literally destroys Judaism and did. You know, I mean, for million, many Jews and, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, literally, that's, he's like, you can't follow Jesus and follow etern- what he calls eternal Israel. Because Jesus undoes the Sabbath and says basically, I'm the Sabbath. He undoes the temple worship and says, I'm the temple. And he undoes honoring your father and mother. And he's like, the only one who can do that is God. So Jesus very clearly is saying that he's God. And I don't believe that because following him means I got to undo my love and devotion to eternal Israel. Therefore, see a Jesus. Fascinating. So I start reading and writing, doing all this research, Old Testament priesthood, the evolution of it. And then I just just randomly was like, you know, I might want to get that book. And I type in it. And there are literally in Amazon a hundred books that come up that are like, oh, an Old Testament rabbi looks at Jesus, right? <laughs> like a Messianic Jew looks at Old Testament, you know, blah, 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 leading up to Jesus. And there's just hundreds of things. And I'm like, oh, oh, maybe I should have done my research before I <laughs> literally wrote. I wrote 6,400 words on one chapter. Hmm. All about this, Luke. And now I'm just sad. <laughs> Don't be sad. Be glad. Well, I mean, now I know about shit about the intertestamental period before Christ. That's going to help you get that sweet, sweet Ave Maria press money. (laughs) I hear they up their signing bonuses by 3%. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Luke, do you think singleness is a vocation or not? Uh, yes. The church explicitly says so. Right? In the catechism? They talk about it. <laughs> There's a guy I heard once. Wait a second. Who am I? No, but here, okay, here's the thing about that. I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab the mic really quick. Like I'm a stand up, um, is sometimes it's just not your choice. Like sometimes life just happens. Like if you're in China where there's like tons and tons and tons of women. And, uh, if you're a woman and like all the men in your area are, they are all married. What can you do? Yeah. You know, so like sometimes you just don't have that choice. So, of course, in one sense, I think it is a no. It, now, if you want to use the word vocation in terms of calling. Um, I, yeah, I do. I think so. I think so. No, I don't. I think it's like I don't think it's a thing you should ever be scared of because I know there's people who's like, what if I'm called to this? Like you would only be called to that if you wanted it, I think. Well, it's some tricky language, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're, I pick up what you're putting down. Yeah. Now, I want to say, I think St. Paul very clearly views it as a gift, uh, that singleness oh, is a yeah. gift, and we call it the gift of celibacy or singleness, but there is other instances where you stuck in singleness. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, it's not I mean, like, like, but if you are single, I think you definitely should, sh- uh, singleness isn't a disease, and the solution of singleness isn't marriage, it's faithfulness to Jesus regardless, right? So I think mm-hmm. there are some people who want to be married, but are, I mean, I have many friends actually who want to be married, but are in their 40s or 50s and they're still single. Yeah. I mean, your vocations, your pathway to holiness, that's the ultimate point of it. Right, and but that's, then you kind of just say it's not chosen, for, or it's one of those that end up not getting, you know, you don't well, get to choose. No, I'm what I'm what I'm saying is that that's the ultimate purpose of of whatever you're in, where wherever you are, that's where God's going to make you holy. Yeah, and you're not single because you're not good enough to be married. Totally, yeah. A lot we of people think of, that. Yeah, it's and it, and it's. I mean, it is natural as to why because there's such a um, our culture. I mean, well, it just kind of like makes, I think it's, I don't, um, I don't know, what am I trying to say here? I'm like a, I'm like a drink and a half and I'm already getting all um, confused. Um, drama check. Drama check. I understand why people, I understand why that's the mindset, but I think it is wrong and it's not ordered. Yeah. So you need to die to that. Marge, but I it, love you. I would die for you. I would kill for you. Please, Please ask let me, me to kill, kill you. you. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, um, was that a 10-minute topic or just a random thing? Hey, can I say this? That was uh, one of the 10-minute topics. Thanks, Jessica. I owed you that. Uh, Jessica goes to my young adult and stuff. Um, Jessica. She's, uh, real quick, real quick, real quick. The sister that was on the panel, was it Sister Miriam from the S-O-L-T, Salt Sisters? I think so. Yes, she's amazing. Like she I want is her. incredible. And we need to get her on the podcast. She called our podcast salty, but still is open because I already talked to her about it like two years ago at, in Waco. Wait, she said. Wait, what did she mean by it? She uh, told. She told. And, she told Andy Levsnevsky. He's like, "Have you ever heard of Catching Foxes?" And she's like, "Oh, those boys are a little salty." 
<laughs> oh no, dude! You should follow her on Twitter. She's hysterical. That's the nun I was telling you about. That like during like the Super Bowl, she took the whole mm-hmm. her whole Twitter feed is her taking pictures from behind one of her sisters and writing like this hilarious commentary about her. Like created this whole narrative. Sister's really excited about the chips today. Like it, over and over again for like fifty, fifty or sixty photos. Hilarious. That's awesome. But she's always- amazing. She's amazing. And I think I think let me double check. I think I'm going to be with her this weekend. Maybe not this weekend. Maybe next weekend. If you are, talk to her. I, I always feel bad whenever people who are priests or um, who are who, or uh, who are nuns are like kind of like, ooh, that's a little bit much about our show. Because then it caused me to go, are we a bit? Are we going too too far? Is this too much? Or have we not gone far enough? True. Oh, actually, hey, great thing happened. Uh, Hey, Bobby was it was Bobby. Yes, he's at Saint uh, Saint Kateri taking with the parish. He just replied to me. Oh, nice, awesome. Yeah, he was great. He uh, is really great incredible. Chat. He is incredible. His the he's such a a very quiet man. He's a reserved mm-hmm. man. That man is literally he's Father Almond. He is a guy that that is moving mountains with oh, his he's spiritual life. A priest? No, 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 no. Father Almond oh, in oh. story of the soul of the apostolate. Who was oh, just like, yeah, yeah. you know, like he's the unexpected guy that actually has such a deep reservoir of love for Christ that he just just changes lives. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm growing up, and here's why. <laughs> some guy asked some. There is this one priest on Twitter who asked to hear about uh, to asked for. Sorry, he like said, where are, are the good Catholic podcasts? And this other priest said, hey, check out ca- uh, check out ours. And so then this priest in response said, I did just there's a little bit too much uh, too there is too there is too much uh, um, opinion for like for me. I think he meant that like we just show like what we think, I suppose. So we're not trying to teach anything per, per, per se. And I did not get mad about that. And I guess the story is better in my head than when I say it out loud. So No, I think about that They're often. Fine. I think about that often. Like a lot. Like, mean? well, you know, like when you listen to The Crunch, they have their, you know, their witty banter and then the Catholic topic that they want to get to. And when yeah. you listen to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the whole show, I mean, there's a little witty banter and then the topic, right? For us, profound it's like, insights. Yeah. yeah, profound insights, life-changing uh, ideas. For us, it's like, hey, maybe we'll stumble upon one good thing. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, and here's the thing though: I came to a point where when I read that tweet, because like anytime people talk crap about us, I just like flip out. Um, I did not this time, and I was—I mean, I was kind of bummed, but I, I thought about it, and I thought, you know, but that's the point of it. Like, we're—it's just about us talking about like what we think about this stuff and trying to understand everything and trying to like process and just, I don't know. just like it, it, um, it's not a, we're not, this is not like a catechetical thing that we're trying to do here. We're not, we're just trying to, um, sh- we're trying to invite people into a, a, what's going on in our lives and just here are, here's what we think. And I think a lot, and I think it's, so I'm like, and that's what it is. It's not the other stuff. It's not in, when I came up with the discussion over in, over instruction, I really did not mean that as in this is the right way. I just, I meant that as that's where, where our emphasis is going to be. 
we're going to discuss this stuff as opposed to instructing others. So it's just more kind of like the mode that we're in as opposed to like what we think is right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And if, and if like some people don't like that, I'm like, I'm honestly, that's, that is fine. You only have, you know, 24 hours in, in a day. Totally understand why you might not want this. Just please contribute to our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash C-F-P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash C-F. Even $2 goes a long way. If, if all of you guys gave two bucks, we could do this full time. Not even kidding. That's true. Oh, what a different world that would be. Hey, Honestly, if, if, yeah, if, I bought, if, if I bought a steel structure near my house, uh, a steel, a metal building, which I've been looking into, and turned it into a studio, would you move down here and give up your oh. whole life to follow me? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> Duh. See you, wife and dogs. Hello, Shannon and kids. <laughs>